Hey guys, it's John Fusco here with another interview episode featuring some great content we recorded at the Toronto International Film Festival. Katie Says Goodbye is screenwriter-director Wayne Roberts' first feature. Unlike most first features, however, it made its world premiere in front of a packed house in the middle of one of the world's biggest film events. Olivia Cook throws her name into the Best Actress ring, starring as the titular Katie, an ever-optimistic diner waitress who doesn't let the harsh realities of her Arizona homestead break her down. Instead, she focuses on earning enough money to finally break out of her trailer park and make a move to San Francisco. Her preferred method of fundraising? Prostitution. Needless to say, this leads to some difficulties in her life, especially when she starts dating Bruno, stoically portrayed by Christopher Abbott, an auto mechanic with a history of grand theft auto. I sat down with Abbott and director Wayne Roberts to discuss how a writer's work is best achieved by getting rid of any hesitations and letting their characters speak through them. I hope you enjoy. Hi guys, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. How's it going? I'm Wayne Roberts. I'm the writer-director of Katie Says Goodbye. My name is Chris Abbott and I play Bruno on Katie Says Goodbye. I think that what most stood out to me, and I stayed for the Q&A after, so a lot of the, I guess, askers, um, was just how strong of a character Katie was. Yeah. And I'm interested personally, uh, you said last night that it kind of just came to you and you let her speak through you. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can give me any more details sort of about the process of developing that character through the 10 years that uh, you were in development for this screenplay, that would be... Yeah, I mean, it wasn't in development for 10 years. The Katie came uh, to me, or the idea, or the character of Katie came to me about 10 years ago. Um, and, of course, she always stuck with me for those 10 years. And I sat down to finally tell her story about three years ago. Um, I had started to write uh, a novel beforehand, um, but then moved on to write the script. Um, upon a suggestion and so that's what I just I, that's what I pursued and when writing the character of Katie it felt as though you sort of you channel something if you're lucky and a character will do the telling for you and you simply just allow that sort of wave to ride as long as you possibly can and once you start to lose it you stop and you just pick it up the next day and you just continue to push forward and so that's what the writing process was for Katie which isn't always the case there are scripts that I've written where I just I feel like a sort of blind, emotionless engineer just sort of structuring a story that would is a good story in terms of fulfilling all the, the purpose and like the, the plot points and things like that. But in terms of hitting some spiritual note where it does feel really quite odd and strange and, and spiritual in some way, that doesn't really happen all the time. But I was lucky enough that it happened with, uh, with Katie. And this was your debut feature, right? So yeah. you just mentioned that you'd been working on a few other screenplays mm-hmm. while you were working on Katie. What, was, what made this one stand out for you as the one that you should try and develop further into a, a movie? Uh, I love for Katie. Just, and I felt that I should be the one to tell her story, that if I were not to tell her story, if I were to hand the film off to another director, her fate would be uncertain and if it did not go well then I would have nobody but myself to blame of course if I were to direct it to them then if it does not go well then I have nobody but myself to blame but like I want to be in control of that of her destiny as much as I possibly can and so that's why I decided to direct uh, her film and did you did you go to film school mm-hmm. you yeah. went to NYU right yeah cool 
Chris, did you go to uh, NYU too? Or no, no, I just know a lot of yeah, you just know NYU. NYU. Yeah, you were so you were in the same sort of uh, group as Josh Mond and Sean Durkin and yeah, yeah, we all went to college together. Cool. Yeah, the same year. Can you talk a little bit about your collaborative process with them, or just sort of how that has helped foster you into? Yeah, I mean, it, they they were certainly instrumental. They've been instrumental for, I mean, the the. It held the structure and the foundation of my life like from college and I think that I mean we've all been very very dear to one another since that point in our lives and we've always fostered one another's work and and helped one another uh, from the very beginning of, of an idea we would discuss it with each other and we would go through the, the writing process as well with one another for part of writing Katie we actually I went up to uh, a little place in Maine with, with Sean and with Antonio where we wrote for about a week or ten days and I, I stayed there for a little bit longer to, to finish off the script. Um, but yeah, we've always been uh, very, very close upon meeting one another. Um, we had the same sort of sensibilities in terms of the films that we're drawn to and the stories that we want to tell. And it's always been that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's clear that they all have this sort of same dark aesthetic to Yeah, them. they're not afraid. and We're all not afraid to go someplace dark. And I think that you better damn well prepare yourself to go someplace dark because yeah. your life is going to be filled with that shit, like inevitably. Um, and it's best to just really toughen up. You sort of talked about last night in the Q&A in that sense that, you know, all of these characters are an extension of your per- your own personality or your, your, your character in some way, and the darker ones were easier for you to write. Is, uh, is, is that a... Is that a <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I try not to put myself within a film, well, particularly for this this film. Um, you know, that was mostly a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, within within Richard, so Katie is the start of a trilogy, and the next film is Richard Says Goodbye, and that one I have certainly placed myself within that. Okay. That is essentially the best and the worst of me uh, within a character. Um, in terms of the, the cruelty of the characters that are within Katie, Again, I, I would like to think that the characters are really kind of, they're all flushed out in some way. I mean, I'm not going to sit down there and write something if I don't know what a, I'm, like, where the story is going. I don't believe in the bullshit of writing, like, 33 drafts. I don't know what the hell you're doing. Like, I think our shooting, our shooting script was probably our second or our third draft. Um, so once those characters are actually sort of formed within your, within your mind, within your heart, then you just allow those stories to sort of flesh themselves out in those characters. And so... Of course, you have the absolute kindness of Katie, and then you have the absolute cruelty of somebody like Dirk or um, or the other characters. Or the mom, even. Yeah. Or the mom, yeah, Tracy. Um, I guess then I would next ask... Uh, Chris, you could answer this one, because I haven't heard from you yet. What am I sitting here for? I- <laughs> <laughs> the script was beautiful. You just said, you know, it was the second or third iteration of it. How much of the discovery of your character... I guess came while you were shooting the film and how much of it was laid out for you before you even took the set I think um, I think I'm all right I think I'm I think quite a bit is was laid out um, I'd known Wayne before this movie um, so we, we got we had gotten to talk about it quite a bit before we started shooting it um, the it was I felt it was kind of written as such you know I mean I me and Wayne collaborated a bit on like how to shape it and like you know I think where I would chime in was like the look a little bit like phys- just physically and um, 
and what we wanted to do for that. But otherwise, it was written um, as sparse as it as it was on. You know, I mean, the character really doesn't say much. That wasn't that that was in there already. You know, and it, and it's referred to in the script. You know, and um, but that's what I was draw. I mean, that's what I was drawn to um, in the part. Uh, the sparseness of it. You know, I feel like you know often and and Wayne has a has a really beautiful way of. Um, of leaving a script open in that way. I mean, it's you have all the information that you need and nothing more. And then I feel like as actors, then you like, as long as you see, if you have just, uh, there, there's enough space in there that you can, you know what you need to add into it. And there's enough information um, for, for you not to go overboard. You know what I mean? Enough information, information provided that you don't, that you don't have a road to go down. You know what I mean? And that's what I, and that's what I liked. And I like the sparseness of it and, and being able to, um, you know, uh, say a lot with, without words and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a challenge in that way too, you know, cause it could, it's always could come across as a bit, I don't know, monotone <laughs> or whatever, but you know, but I mean, that's, you know, there are just, there are people that, that are like that and, you know, so, um, yeah, I felt, I felt we did as honestly as possible. Yeah. Well, like one thing you, you talk about the sparsity, I think that a lot of the characters development actually came about in their interactions with each other, you know, like parts of their personality was revealed through the way that Bruno would treat Katie, for example, mm-hmm. without saying so many words. Yeah. Um, then for you, Wayne, leaving a sparse screenplay with the intention, did you know in your mind that you would be finding these discoveries as you were filming? Or like, do you write for that? Or is it more well, just... I, I guess I write for that. I mean, I want our actors to have as much freedom as possible. They're being cast with, like, I believe in them and I trust them and I, I believe their instinct and their gut and I want them to come to the table with something more than just delivering the lines like they need to explore they need to live within the within those characters and they need to have room to do so um, so I do try to keep it as bare bones as possible particularly for this project I mean this is really quite simple and I believe in simplicity I believe in minimalism I was conducting an, in an interview earlier today and uh, the director said that the most important part for him was his relationship with his actors what sort of weight would you put on directing actors as a priority for a film director it's the most important thing I don't give a damn about stylized films like if you want to do that then do music videos or do Colgate commercials but if you want to make like an actual film or like a, a piece of work that can change somebody then I think you are entirely dependent upon your actors those are the people that are making that story come to life and for making those characters like actually potentially touch one's heart or change one's mind or allow somebody to think. So that's the most important thing. I mean, when we sat, of course, when we were there on set, it was all performance was the most important thing. And when we were editing the film too, performance trumps all. Like if there was another shot that might've been more aesthetically beautiful, it doesn't mean shit if the performances aren't there. And luckily, I mean, we had an amazing cast and so the performances were always there. And so there were not, very many instances in which it was difficult to make a call um, and we also we had an amazing uh, DP and an AC too that really did an amazing job in terms of, of shooting the film and making that come together but performance is the most important thing as far as the editing process went were you there the entire time or yeah. did you let someone else because I know it's hard to like kill your darlings like that as far as if you have to make that choice between the performance or the shot you know what I mean yeah 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. And we also, we did a great number of takes too. So there's just, it's kind of infuriating. I would, I mean, all the great stuff that was just simply. Yeah, but every, like, every film, every film is about killing your darlings yeah. in the edit. You know what I mean? I feel like you, you know, you have to, and you have to be, you have to be um, very decisive about that. You know, which is hard, especially I think when you write and and direct the film, and and you know you want you want to keep you know, and I, I'm just saying this as being having sat in edit rooms, you know, um, you know, it's like oh, it's like there's oh, oh, there's often so many moments like oh can we put this in, but you you know you have to just kind of keep your mind on track and keep your mind on the story that you want to tell and 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 um, and be decisive about how and how long they want to tell the story and what's the exact amount of time that is needed you know i mean it's it's it's, it's almost like math in that way mm-hmm. you know so it's um yeah it's important yeah and you also you get used to it too and then you eventually learn to become brutal with your work and just if you cut it and if you don't miss it then you just you leave it out and then that could become refreshing but it is a painful process at first particularly if you're not used to it it seems like mathematically complete you know as a whole just to jump back to screenwriting for one second before I close it out um, because this is something that I'm interested in you said you let Katie come to you do you have any advice for male screenwriters writing female characters that's a just love them just hold them with compassion and empathy and I wouldn't worry about what you have between your legs it really doesn't mean shit I mean just love your characters and it doesn't really matter what differences you might actually hold, whether it be your gender, whether it be your your sexuality, whether it be your your race, that it doesn't matter. We're all basically the same person. I think the differences that we hold are mostly external, that of things that we don't really have a whole lot of control with. But in terms of like the quality of a person, is basically all the same. So just I don't know. Just allow your characters to speak to yourself and, and trust them. So then wrapping up, I'm just gonna ask you something that I've asked everyone, and that's if you have one piece of advice that you could give emerging filmmakers and Chris if you could give a piece of advice to emerging directors for directing actors I suppose what would you give I mean I mean there's a lot of great that's not great things that I have to say there's a lot of things that I can say regarding what one can do to to prepare themselves in terms of like what would be the most important I really don't know what to say about that in your own experience then what what do you find has been maybe your greatest takeaway making your first feature I mean, you need to make sure that you actually have the foundation, the support to actually make this happen. Um, I mean, you're really going to have to, you're not going to be making any money off of your first feature, and you're going to have some very real, if you're an adult, and I would hope that you're an adult if you're making a feature film, you're going to have responsibilities, and you're going to make sure that they're taken care of. So make sure that you have the foundation to actually be broke for a year or two years, or you have the credit to do so. Um, make sure that you can cut out all the noise and just really trust your own self. If you want to be a director then trust yourself and just make a film for yourself and if it resonates with you then hopefully it will resonate with more people Um, like you're not going to be alone in your tastes and you're not going to be alone in in what drives and moves you so just I suppose trust yourself that's great advice and then I I mean I guess as far as an actor two directors I mean I think you know be um, be clear I think about what you want be open to opinions and ideas and then um, I think important, it's important, I think, for a director to also instill confidence, you know, in the actors. And so, you know, I, I, I personally don't consider myself too sensitive of an actor like uh, in, in that way. But I mean, I can I can be and a lot, a lot can be also, also I guess, make them feel like, uh, you know, 
even if their ideas aren't good, make them make them feel like they are. Find a find a way around it to to make them oh, yeah. think always like yeah, always like yeah, like yeah. Uh, let's yeah, try that. Let's yeah. try that, and then you get rid of it in the edit room. That's fine, but make them make 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 them feel like it's important on the day. You know, I think I think instilling confidence into actors is really important. You know. Because it's it's easy it's especially when you're on time constraints and it's it's easy to get you know just kind of say what you need to do to 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 get get the shot off and you know sometimes it can go it never went wrong in, in our in our on our movie but it can it can sometimes you know and just one more follow up question for you then yeah um how do you go about instilling that trust in your actors you cannot uh, spend any emotional real estate worried uh, or concerning fear or you you really need to know what you want to do and if you don't then just feign it because if again like it's the confidence fake it till you make it fake it till you make it but also I mean if you do show any sort of like oh, I, don't, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do like I don't know how to do the shot or like I don't know what this character is supposed to be doing you bleed and it's just like your entire team just imagine them being sharks no offense but like I also like if you have one moment of weakness like that Everybody's gonna smell that shit. Yeah, yeah, so right. don't do it. Don't bleed. Like just like even if you don't know, just yes, say I know. Yes just pretend. No. Always have an answer. Yeah. Or like and don't. If you think of this shirt. Like <laughs> that's the one. Whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean. But yeah. also then don't like don't worry about taking a minute to actually sit there and think about it. But like, never say I don't know. Yeah. Um, always have an opinion. If you don't have an opinion, then like you really shouldn't be a director. Like you need to know what you're supposed to be doing. Great. Well, fearless directing for a fearless film, I'd say. Thanks. The way to go. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Been really great. Thanks for listening. And just as a reminder, we are not doing any film weekly this week because it's Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. But if you want to listen to some more podcasts, definitely check out some of the other interviews we've done over the past six months. And if you like those, head to iTunes, subscribe, give us a five star rating and prepare yourself for more excellent content to come. You can follow No Film School on Twitter at No Film School. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you in a week.